You're listening to a Radio 1 91FM podcast. It was confirmed on Monday that the Australian government had agreed to the deployment of, of American bomber aircraft to the Northern Territories. The United States Air Force confirmed plans for the construction of facilities at Royal Australian Air Force Base Tyndall that would place up to six B-52 strata fortresses within striking distance of China, Taiwan and the South China Sea. This move has raised concerns with some because of the bomber's capability to deploy nuclear weapons. Speaking with us about this is Professor Stefan Fruling of the Strategic and Defence Studies Centre at the Australian National University. What does the agreement consist of? Well, the the agreement itself actually dates back to 2012 when Australia and the US signed the or agreed on the so-called Force Posture Initiative, which was an Australian agreement to facilitate and and enable American military presence and operations from Australia, including air operation, including naval operations, and as you recall at the time, also rotational training of the Marines in Darwin commenced now 10 years ago. And and this agreement like took a few years to really operationalize and and in many ways what you're seeing over the last really two years or so is a decided uptick in actually implementing and operationalizing a lot of those plans that were already flagged ten years ago. That investment in North Australia um to for example store fuel for naval and air operations. There already has been an agreement for the US to uh, fund an expansion of the Tyndall Air Base to host some tanker aircraft. And now we're seeing what looks like plans um, to increase Tyndall Air Base in order to provide ramp space for additional large large American aircraft, including um, possibly B-52 bombers. What is motivating both parties to undertake this agreement? I think that there's, there's kind of like two broad motivations. I mean, one more political, one more operational and military. I mean, and um, both of those ultimately relate to the shifts in the geostrategic balance of power um, that are caused by Chinese economic and and military rise. Um, Australia obviously has a very strong interest in maintaining American presence in the Indo-Pacific. And certainly when you go back to 2012, um, in many ways, Australia's agreement to step up military cooperation with the U.S., including in Australia itself, was largely a political support to the then Obama administration's pivot to the Indo-Pacific. I think what we're seeing now is that the more operationally driven like in interest in, in, in enabling and hosting American forces in Australia is starting to come to a fore a bit more. Um, there is a certain sense of urgency these days in um, modifying and 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 like making the U.S. posture in the Indo-Pacific more robust in light of the Amer- the Chinese ability to hit existing um, American bases in the Northwest Pacific. Um, so we're seeing, I think, an uptick in investment and actually new kind of like expansion of facilities in Australia that could host more significant numbers of U.S. long-range forces in North Australia in an area which is, because of geographic remoteness, remoteness less vulnerable to Chinese um, attacks. What response, if any, are we likely to see from the People's Republic of China about this? I think we're going to see, and we've already seen, kind of like the usual responses of kind of like exhortations not to in- increase tensions, to not kind of like, um, 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 propagate Cold War thinking, to kind of like move away from alliances. 
That is completely to be expected. I think that's in many ways priced in by both countries. Um, I don't think that we're going to see any more significant specific reaction related to this move, um, partly because I don't think it, that the fact that Australia and the US are moving down this track is in any way a surprise to the Chinese. And partly also um, because ultimately the, the significance of any one of these like announcements and steps is is also limited in the overall scheme of things. I mean, we're talking about RAM space for I think five or six bombers. Um, now that's a significant expansion of the RAM space at Tyndall Air Base, but in the overall scheme of things of the greater balance of power in the region, it will change American ability to deploy force from Australia into Southeast Asia, into the Indian Ocean, um, but it is not going to be a significant game changer overall on, on its own. It has been little over a year since the signing of the AUKUS agreement, a defence pact that also involved engagement between Australia and the US. What effect, if any, will this agreement have on the pact? Well, the Force Posture Initiative and AUKUS are two separate kind of like ways of cooperation. There's no direct link between these in investments in the and this new infrastructure in the Northern Territory and the AUKUS agreement. Although obviously they both respond to the same geostrategic context, meaning that Australia and the US realize that they need to work more closely together uh, to enable the, the Australian Defense Force as well as American forces in the Indo-Pacific to, to be able to operate in, in, this, in this new environment. So I don't think that um, 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 there is no direct link between the two corporations. Um, but ultimately, they demonstrate that the alliance is shifting in ways that reflect its focus on great power competition in a much more substantial way than we've seen, let's say, 10 years ago. Australia is a close ally of New Zealand, which famously does not have an ally relationship with the United States. Additionally, New Zealand has a high volume of trade with China and has previously faced calls to diversify its trade outcomes. What geopolitical consequences could New Zealand face? Well, as, as you point out, New Zealand is not an American treaty ally, so to some extent the context is different. Um, but I think that ultimately what this, this demonstrates is that the, the geostrategic, broadest geostrategic environment is shifting in ways that really makes great power conflict or the possibility of great power conflict and the risk of the managing of the risk of great power conflict uh, uh, an increasingly central element of Australian and, and other countries um, and foreign and defense policy. And I think that that's ultimately um, the environment that New Zealand defense policy in recent years has also started to respond to. And I guess you can see that with some of the like um, capability investments that have also been made in, in New Zealand. Now, I think one important difference is that geographically, New Zealand isn't quite in the same position as Australia. So while there are some some advantages for, for example, U.S. forces operating from the Northern Territory into the Indian Ocean, into the South China Sea, New Zealand isn't quite placed to kind of um, provide that operational advantage. So I think that the 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 interest there, um, um, understandably, is less separate from the fact that there is no direct alliance. Um, although I think that if you look at, for example, New Zealand investment in in purchasing new P8 maritime patrol aircraft. Um, um, increased cooperation in maritime surveillance, you can see like the capability consequences of great power conflict in the broader environment also starting to emerge in, in some decisions that New Zealand had to make. 
A lot of concern is focused on the theoretical nuclear capability of the B-52s, especially given that one of the features of AUKUS was the collaboration of the three partners to construct Australian nuclear-powered submarines. Does this represent a form of de facto nuclear proliferation, given that it is the provision of nuclear material by allies on Australia's behalf? Um, well, that is a good question, and I think it's a politically very relevant question that resonates a lot also in the in the concerns of the Australian public about some of these directions that the alliance is taking. Um, I think the short answer is no, it does not. Um, if you look at the AUKUS agreement on nuclear-powered submarines, it really is about propulsion systems. It's about having a reactor to provide the electricity to power the submarine rather than having batteries or diesel engines. It's got nothing to do with nuclear weapons um, and it certainly doesn't really enable Australia to acquire nuclear weapons. It doesn't touch on American use or deployment of nuclear weapons. Um, there are obviously um, issues about how do you verify those reactors under the IAEA safeguards regime because Australia is a, is a member, like New Zealand and other countries, of the Non-Proliferation Treaty. And as a non-nuclear weapon state, those reactors will have to be monitored by the, by the, by IAEA safeguards. Uh, and that is, it is something that, that, that Australia and the IAEA and, and it's in the US and UK are currently working through. Um, with regards to the bombers, the B-52, a lot of the press reporting has kind of referred to them as nuclear capable. Um, now, on a technical level, um, the US B-52 fleet is, is some of those bombers are certified and equipped to carry nuclear weapons. A lot of them are not. Um, and I think it's quite unlikely that the US would deploy nuclear capable B-52s um, to Australia, um, primarily because there really is no reason um, um, to, 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 uh, to do so. Um, the nuclear capable B-52s are based in North America, which itself is well outside the range of Chinese um, um, uh, missiles at the moment. So I think that while certainly from a technical point of view, the US could deploy nuclear capable B-52s, um, there's nothing kind of technical in the preparations there that would indicate um, 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 would be specific to to that. And indeed, Australia, um, through the membership of the um, um, not nuclear um, free weapons zone, um, um, has kind of politically ruled out deployment of U.S. nuclear weapons onto Australian territory. Um, I think it's also worth highlighting that the deployment of B-52s to the Northern Territory itself um, is hardly new. Um, in, indeed, you can go back to the Fraser administration, the Fraser government of the 1970s, um, when there were already agreements about uh, rotating American B-52s through the Northern Territory on the way and, and on the surveillance missions into the Indian Ocean and South China Sea. Um, so this actually, the fact that you have B-52s coming into the Northern Territory um, is a policy that really dates back to close to 50 years by now. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.